Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of State of the Nova Nation. He's Chris Stanziel. I'm Eugene Rapay. Chris, we made it this far. Episode number 10. Finally out of a single digit. It's a terrific 10. I'm, I'm glad to be here and, and looking for another 10. Now, we've been top 75, according to Podomatic's sports podcast rankings, for the last four weeks. I believe that's a month. We couldn't have done it. Without all of you listening, shout out to all of you out there. Yes, shout out to all the listeners yet again. Thank you so much for all the support. Now, this was a great, great weekend in Villanova sports. Do you know why? Why is that, Eugene? Cats win it all! Cats win it all! Cats win it all! Our Villanova Wildcats, the men's basketball team, the 2015-2016 champions, started up again last Friday. Here again, Chris. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Still got, still got another month until the, that song becomes relevant. But still, I'm I am glad to be singing the praises of Villanova basketball again. Campus. I wish we were there. This was always the time of the year I look forward to most. Yeah, I I would agree. It not I I not going to Hoops Mania was a little bit of a bummer, but then not being able to go to the first game and seeing the student section on Friday, and I was just, I got, I got, I got pretty sad. You know, I'll, even if it's a cupcake, even if it's a D2 school, whatever it is, that first game is always something special. Yeah, and the way the student section was filled, and just thinking back to, like, our first games freshman year when we were lucky to have half the student section filled, it's just, it's just nuts. Yeah, you're guaranteed a lottery win. Nowadays, nothing's guaranteed. No, not at all. Even as a senior last year, we were still getting hosed. Now, the Wildcats opened up against the Lafayette Leopards. You know, you had Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, Chris Jenkins. They were great, blah, blah, blah. You know, Lafayette, they, they got lost in the press. Okay, that's nice. Mm-hmm. The real takeaway in all of this <laughs> was that we got to see the debut of the new bench mob, Tom Leibig, Denny Grace, and Matt Kennedy. Yeah, Make bench it. mob 2.0. The sequel. The sequel. Okay. Henry Lowe made his official grad assistant coaching debut for the regular season. It's legit. Everything's legit. Yeah, this is great. This is great. Seriousness, though, the Cats looked good against Lafayette. Did you see that hot start that they had? Um, I listened to the hot start. Yes, I did. I saw I saw the first two minutes before my stream cut out. And I had to switch to a radio stream, but yes. 
Oh yeah, you were sneaking at work. You, were, was, you were trying to get your cats in. I had to get my cats in. I love my cats, and I will go to any length possible to listen to them. So yes, twenty-five to two. I, I mean, you couldn't ask a better start to the season. <laughs> once once they get hot like that, once they bury you in the back burner, they're at home. It's really hard to stop them. Yeah. Let alone I mean, climb out of that, that hole. Yeah, you you could have stuck a top five team in there, and if they're down twenty five two, it's you're not coming back in the pavilion. So you're you're in the office, you're mm-hmm. listening to your stream, your radio broadcast. Mm-hmm. Who stuck out to you the most? If I didn't see any pi- highlights after the fact, I would say Bridges, just because I heard his name so much. <laughs> I mean, he did he did a little bit of everything: sixteen points, eight rebounds, four assists, two steals. I mean, there there he is eclipsing our. Uh, or steals watermark for him that we said at the beginning of the year. But after watching some highlights, I got to say Jalen. I, I don't know what it was. I Maybe it was that uh, the scoop and score that he had where he just stopped on one foot, pivot, pivoted, and then did like a underhand layup shot. Couldn't really – kind of in between. Like that was such a pretty move. That that made me glad that he is our point guard, and I I don't know I I guess Jalen passed the eye test and Mikhail passed the ear test. Yeah, Jalen Brunson was awesome. Seventeen mm-hmm. points, six of nine shooting, seven rebounds. The guy's grabbing boards. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's like Jason Kidd back in the day. Rajon Rondo, Jason Kidd, you know the do it all guys. Do it all guys, yeah. Especially when you know one hundred forty four games. You got Ryan Archie Diacono. Mm-hmm. It's been a long time since the Pavilion hasn't seen number 15 on the court. Right. You know, I think we have to date back to the days of Dominic Cheek and Malik Waynes. <laughs> and Malik Waynes, those uh, locker room cancers. <laughs> oh, the infamous 2011-2012 season. Stop. Stop. I want to talk about good things today. Good things. Good vibes. <laughs> Please. Honestly, you got to feel bad for anyone who was at school during that time. You lost the year of good basketball. You did, and imagine that being your senior year. I mean, what a what a way to go out! But I think if you were a senior, then I think you got the final four in. So I guess that kind of offsets everything. But even better was if you were a high school senior, and mm-hmm. then you went there the following year. <laughs> yes, you went off on the highest note possible, aka us. Jenkins was also pretty solid: sixteen points, five rebounds, two blocks. Getting some blocks. Yeah. A little bit the heavy Matumbo action. He got real hyped after um, they got like a uh, – I think it was a 10-second violation or something. It was, they were up like 15-2 at some point, and he was getting real hyped. And I was just like, you know, that's, that's great to see right there. 15-2 in a cupcake game, and you're making a stop on defense, and you're getting hyped up. I guess it's just – I guess it just comes with being the first game of the year, but I mean, you need that type of energy just to avoid any type of letdown. Yeah, that's what I love about Jenkins. The man gets hyped on everything. Makes a three, gets hyped. Gets a dunk, gets hyped. Gets hyped. I love it. Someone else scores, and he's not even. He didn't even touch the ball in that play. Gets hyped. <laughs> gets hyped on the bench. Gets hyped. It's, it's phenomenal. Josh Hart, his fellow co-captain. 13 points, four rebounds in the win against Lafayette. We also got to see the debut of Eric Pascal. Your boy. And a redo. Redo of uh, Mr. Dante DiVincenzo. Yeah, they uh, both posted identical slash lines. Seven points and seven boards each. 
Seven's a good number, both coming off the bench. Now, one thing that was interesting was another person who had a debut, but not the debut I was expecting. Same here. Nor I think anyone was really expecting. Mm-hmm. Dylan Painter, six foot ten center. You know, Mario Spellman has a red shirt. You think he's going to come in. You think he's going to come in, get the good minutes, get some quality playing time. He barely played. Yeah, six minutes. That's it. In a blowout, nonetheless. <laughs> Against a smaller Lafayette team, you'd think that, you know, this is his time to shine. Yeah, I mean, get him some minutes on the uh, that he can burn. I mean, you're not from what it seems like now, they're not going to use him that often. Um, so might as well get some experience in now. Um, yeah, what, what, why do you think he didn't get anything? I guess it just must mean that he's not ready. I'm sure that they're seeing something in practice that we don't get to see. Yeah. Um, they're going with Pascal and Bridges. They're playing some four, even some five. Yeah. But it's just like you have the 6'10 weapon or you have the 6'10 player. Got to use him. I, I'd agree. I mean, it, it wouldn't have hurt to see him more than six minutes in a 40-point blowout. And if you want, want to use him in Big East play, I mean, I get that. But this game you could have. Now, my theory is, is it possible they're thinking of redshirting him? Or is it the fact that he played this game he he can't? redshirt anymore i forget what the the minimum is i feel like didn't bridges play like a couple minutes that first season before he got end up being redshirted i think so but i think that was the exhibition i don't remember though i'm not 100 sure but i now th- you say it i think he did and then he ended up redshirting so maybe that's what they're thinking of doing maybe just you know go the bridges route i guess because he he does seem to be a very raw talent right now you know, he was playing a lot in Spain and preseason stuff, and he was doing pretty well. It's just surprising. You would just think that, you know, no Spellman, next man up, mm-hmm. it's Painter. But I guess that they found the answer somewhere else. Yeah, I guess so. Because he didn't play any minutes in that Purdue game. And Purdue, they got some big boys. <laughs> they got some big boys in West Lafayette, Indiana. Yes. You you warned all of us um, during, the biggest, uh, during the Villanova basketball preview show that Purdue is just a bunch of monsters. And uh, Dylan did not see the court. He did not, and that was surprising to me. Even though it didn't matter. I mean, Villanova won. Yes. They won 79-76. to 76. Great. Good, good hard-earned road win. Mm-hmm. Chris, I know you saw them losing, you know, in, mm-hmm. our, in our preview. I did. I did. But, hey, I think we can all get hyped on a Villanova win. Uh, yes, I, I will gladly be wrong in this situation. Um, this was another game that I did not get to watch. I listened to it exclusively on the radio and exclusively on the Purdue Boilermakers uh, sports radio network. Um, so that was that was pretty fun. But I was getting hyped. This game, I don't know about you, but this game for me snuck up on me. And I guess the season opener did as well. I, I just didn't feel emotionally attached to this season, I, like going into it. After this game, I am I am fully on board right now. What did you like from what you heard on the radio? What did I like? Um, the fact that the announcers had a southern drawl, even though they were from Indiana. Um, they were all the commercials were very very Indiana esque. 
it was like, oh, you can come buy our tractors for your farm. And then they would follow it up with <laughs> tiling for for your indoor gym for basketball. And I'm just like, oh, God. I'm like, does it really get any more Indiana than that? They also, they also, um, they weren't too critical of the refs. And that's surprising because I was getting texts from a lot of people saying that we were getting favorable calls. And they also kept calling Caleb Swanigan Biggie, but I didn't know that at the time. And I found that, found that pretty funny. But now it is, uh, that is actually his nickname. And I, I think he prefers to go by that now. See, I thought the, I don't know how you couldn't complain about the rest. It felt like every 30 seconds they just blew their whistle. It was so frustrating to watch. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought, but they're like, oh, no, the refs are, you know, really letting them play from what, what we were seeing. And I'm just like, oh, God, what is actually going on at this game? They also were very big fans of Jalen Brunson. I don't know why. Maybe it's the whole Midwestern thing, <laughs> but they love Jalen Brunson, especially at the end when he was knocking down those uh, – he knocked down those four-clutch free throws. He, they're like, this kid's money. There's no way he misses. And I'm like, you're trying to jinx him. I understand. Just <laughs> please <laughs> – don't stop hyping him up, but no, I'll gladly take it. <laughs> I can relate to them. It's like me and my love for Wayne Selden Jr. Oh yes, Wayne's World. Don't don't bring him up, please. <laughs> I remember uh, going into that game. I was like, Chris, the perfect scenario would be Wayne drops forty, but Villanova wins. <laughs> <laughs> and you got somewhat of a variant of it. It's okay. Ten hour car ride all the way down. Got to hear about Wayne Selden Jr. and he proceeds to light it up anyway. Thanks. But I, I don't know about you, though. The free throws at the end from Bridges and Jalen, those last six, I was screaming in my car. I almost drove off the freaking road coming home. <laughs> I was just so hyped to just, you know, get into a, an exciting game because I haven't been ex- experiencing a lot of exciting things during football season because the Packers are god-awful. Um, so it's just, you know, it's good to see your team be good again and, you know, get play some exciting basketball and it's it's good to be in the full swing of things that what say you see i was covering the game for big east coast bias and i was really nervous that you know i had the story written and i was really nervous that i would have to change it because it was so close <laughs> at the end and at the end i was just like you know what i'm just gonna sit and wait and hopefully we i can stick with this one and thankfully i did and it made my job a lot easier. <laughs> the plight of a reporter. I'll never forget when we were in Louisville, you had uh, you had showed me your, your Google Doc for um, all the potential leads going into the end of the Kansas game. Just in case something went awry, you had a, a little bit written for each scenario. Got to cover all the bases. You got to do it all. Great. One thing that I think we're going to have to watch also, aside from Pinter moving forward, is how much Villanova shares the ball. They were doing a little ISO with Josh Hart. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling that. I just wasn't feeling. I thought they were settling for shots. Mm-hmm. Looking for that open man, passing it around like they used to. Yeah, I agree. Even the Purdue announcers were kind of shocked about it. Villanova's known as the team of interchangeable parts. You know, get everyone involved. There's not like one player who rises above the rest. But here we are in game two, and they're saying – here, Josh, take the ball, go do your thing. I mean, he did put up 24, shot 7 of 18 for the field, but it's just like, you, like you said, you got the feeling that they were forcing everything, and that's not something you want. Kind of reminds me of the offense at the beginning of last year. Yeah, force those threes. Yeah, don't want to do that. 
They did shoot above 40% from three as a team, but it's just – it didn't feel like it. No, especially last year when they ran into Oklahoma. That was when I think they realized we can't do this anymore. Yeah, I agree. That was that. I think that was the waking up point, and then I think the ultimate nail in the coffin was the Virginia game. That's when they just kind of threw everything out the window. But yeah. So thanks to our good old friends down in Kansas, Nova was able to move up to number three due to Kansas losing to Indiana. Mm-hmm. Now with this win against number fifteen Purdue, should this pull them higher or will they stay the same? Hmm. I think they're going to stay the same, and that's only because of the fact that I think Duke is going to win this weekend, and I also think Michigan State's going to uh, I'm sorry, Kentucky's going to win this weekend. Okay, I think they're playing Michigan State. That's why I got confused. So, yeah, the only way they move up, and the only scenario in which I see them moving up is if both those teams ahead of them lose. I just don't see them leapfrogging because Duke and Kentucky are both playing viable opponents as well. We're going to have to wait and see, and maybe maybe we'll see an upset again. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you never know. So, after Indiana, after Purdue... They're going to take it real easy, real, real easy with the Charleston. Oh, no. It's finally arrived. We have shared our sentiments on the Charleston Classic. Yeah, we don't, we don't really need to reiterate them, do we? And how Villanova has no business playing with little boys. <laughs> hey, we'll take candy from little kids. Yeah, I guess so. I'll take now, it. According, according to Ken Palm, Love Ken Palm. Our boy. Got a numbers junkie. Yes. Villanova is listed as a 20-point favorite over Western Michigan <laughs> and has them with a 96% chance of winning. Hmm. Would you say this is how you expect the rest of the tournament to go? Yeah, I, I can actually see the chances of winning increasing next game if they get um, UTEP. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 we, we've talked about this ad nauseum before, how much we hate this stupid tournament and how this shouldn't be a thing. But here we are, and hopefully we, uh, hopefully this time next week we're able to say they chalked up three wins. Yeah, no team, aside from the Wildcats, was ranked higher than 75, according to Ken Palm last season. Nuts. The teams in this wonderful, illustrious, Tournament field, the Charleston Classic. You got Nova, Boise State, Charleston, UTEP, Mississippi State, UCF, and Western Michigan. Yeah. No reason for them to lose this tournament. None. Like, zero. <laughs> They're going to bulldoze their way. They're going to win against Western Michigan. They're going to hear a plaque, whatever the prize is. <laughs> And then maybe they'll get watches at next year's Hoops Media. Yeah, probably some type of compensation. I I don't know. Let's let's just hope they they come come out unscathed. No no injuries. Three easy wins and hopefully. Oh, that's true. I hate I hate being cocky with this type of stuff because something always goes wrong. But I don't know with college basketball. I kind of feel like most of the time when you play in a tournament with that big of a talent discrepancy, you're you're winning. Most majority I, of the time, I hope so. yeah. I, I mean, I hope so too. Um, so yeah, let's let's go to Charleston and come come out with a a, a trophy or a plaque or whatever the heck the winner gets. Men's we won open up this past weekend. A tough <laughs> task on opening day against number ten ranked Mississippi State. Oh, you know how it is in women's basketball. 
Yeah. The good teams are <laughs> usually really, really good. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> and then there's everyone else. Yeah, yeah that, that showed. Um, Nova lost 108 to 62. Not fun when the opposing team drops 100 on you in your opening game. A real, real team demoralizer. Um, but Mississippi State shot the lights out. Shot over 60% from the floor. While Nova struggled with their own defensive uh, problems, and Nova went 0 for 8 from beyond the arc, so they didn't do themselves any favors on the offensive end as well. There's one thing I learned: it's that the women's basketball team also shoots them up or sleeps in the streets. <laughs> and they were uh, they were sleeping. Took a nice little nap through this one. The revenge. The following day, they also got to play the Purdue Boilermakers. Hmm. Like the men's team. They beat Purdue, 58-44. to 44. Yeah. Good. Nova shot 39.2% overall. Better, 43.5% from long range. There's your shoot em up part. Yeah, that's the shoot em up part. That's the shoot em up. And it's, no one's sleeping yeah. in the shoot. No, not at all. Especially Adriana Hahn. She went off, had 21 points, and was 5 for 6 from long range. Pretty good day. Pretty good day. Alex Lewin had two straight double-digit performances. But so far, I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Biggies preseason rookie of the year pick, Kelly Jackett. Yeah, the, she's taking smart shots, and she's not hacking it up, unlike uh, the men's team right now. Um, she's also been drawing a lot of fouls and getting to the line. And uh, it showed against Mississippi State. I mean, she had a team-high 12 points in a game that the offense was struggling mightily. Shot two or three from the field, eight or nine from the line, and had two seals, two rebounds, and an assist to, sh- to add to a nice, impressive stat line there. And then against Purdue, she also shot two or three from the field again, had another two assists, two rebounds, and she totaled five points. So, yeah, nice little start for the freshman. I mean, you, you'll take what you can get. Any, any type of game like that, it shows that you're improving, and hopefully this leads to big things down the road. Yeah, only two games in, so we'll keep we'll keep an eye, just like how the Big East Conference will be keeping an eye on her as yeah. she was the their preseason pick. But so far, so good. Yeah, we'll go on check it watch. I like it. Check it. Check it watch and the East Bend cycle. East Bend cycle. Okay. Yeah. Make those features on the benchpot.com. <laughs> yeah, it'll be like heat che- the heat index with ESPN <laughs> or nothing but Steph. Yeah. <laughs> We we don't have a Brian Windhorst though for uh, Eastman or uh, Kelly Jacob, so maybe we'll start taking applications. We are accepting all resumes. <laughs> <laughs> now it wasn't only exciting for basketball. Basketball season back, it was great, but there's a goat out there. There's a goat running loose at Nova, and he was your fellow classmate. He's been on this show before when it was a video podcast. Mm-hmm. Pat Tiernan continues to kill it. The man just won his third career NCAA Mid-Atlantic Regional Race, becoming the first male runner to ever accomplish such a feat. Shout out to you, Mr. Tiernan. We hyped him up big time uh, two weeks ago. And the fact that he's just adding more is just just ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, he ran the 10K course. In just 30 minutes and 33 seconds. Oh, God. It's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. Yeah, honestly, he could probably run two of those, and the first half of a basketball game just finished. Yeah. Yeah, the basketball. 
Yeah, uh, basketball takes two hours now, the whole game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, around two hours. Yeah. So he ran 20 kilometers, and Villanova just played a half of basketball. It's funny <laughs> when you think of it like that. Yeah, including all the TV breaks, timeouts, and all that. Yeah, true. Stoppages. Yeah. Now, he previously won the title as a freshman, but now he has back-to-back winning it his junior and senior years. And he'll be going back to the NCAA championships this Saturday on November 19th. Chris, what are you looking forward to at this race? The, the epic rematch between Edward Cheserick and Patrick Tierney. When we talked to him last year, he didn't really say much about Cheserick. He, he just just like, yeah, you know, he's pretty good. And, you know, he won fair and square. You know, no big deal. But I don't know. I, I, I like the hope that there's kind of a little bit of a rivalry developing here. Um, Cheserick has made headlines in the past, as we've mentioned before, on the West Coast as he runs for the famous Oregon Ducks, uh, all where uh, Phil Knight and Nike started, and is looking to four-peat as a national champion. So, yeah, Cheserick and Tiernan finished a 1-2 last year, and we'll see if our boy from Villanova will be able to usurp him. It's weird to think that, you know, Patrick Tiernan has accomplished all these feats, but if he beats Cheserick, that would be like a giant upset, which is weird to think of it like that. Yeah, it, it is. And not belittling any of his other accomplishments, but I, no, I not this, at is, all. this is number one if he does. It's it's so weird to think that there's just like, it's like Cesarek's been on top of this mountain for pretty much since he first set foot in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, he'll be joined at Nationals by teammate Andrew Marson, who finished fourth. And he will also be heading to Nationals as an individual bid. Unfortunately, the team finished in eighth place and will not compete as a whole. What do you have to finish as in the, as a team? If you, you, got two, you got two guys going as individuals. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need as a team? I think automatic bids are given to the top two teams, and then the rest are at large. Oh, jeez. When you look at at large, it's looking across all three regions. I think there are three. Okay. Yeah, there are three. All right. So we got two individual guys there, but no team. No, no. All right. I guess it's easier to pick and choose who to root for then. Yeah. Edgy Marston, Pat Tierney, two names to remember. Two Don't names. remember everyone else. Right, that's it. But the women's cross-country team, they're going as – everyone's going. The whole band is going. Cool. They finished second as a team, granting them an automatic bid to run over at Terre Haute, Indiana. For Nationals. CEO for Clary Butner finished in 7th, while Angel Piccarillo finished right behind in 8th. Katie Fisher added a, a top 25 finish, coming in at 22nd. We'd be lying if we said that we weren't going to pay attention to this weekend. Maybe we'll see a Cheswick upset and a good show from the cross, women's cross-country team. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we've had so much momentum going into this fall season. Why not just keep Keep it going with all sports. Hopefully, the, maybe Villanova's basketball championship just uh, gave everyone else that little bit of a push. Who and knows? also, it's the Charleston Classic this weekend. There, there is, you know, you can, I, I will say right now, I'll put on wax. <laughs> there are going to be three wins. You don't need to pay attention to that. Find a live stream of the NCAA <laughs> National. Watch Pat Tiernan. Watch Andrew Marston. Watch Angel Piccarillo. CEO for Clary Butner. The cross-country team just just forget about the charleston classic yeah just forget <laughs> i guess i can get on board with that um and the uh 
the Nationals races are uh, on the 19th, you said, Saturday? Yeah, yeah, the Saturday. Okay, cool. So, yeah. We have a free Saturday, nothing to do. College football is boring. Watch some college country. You know, you, you turn on the TV, you see the Charleston Classic, you see Villanova's winning by 55. <laughs> You're like, oh, they were right. This wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't get over that. <laughs> Next year's tournament will be a lot better when they're back in Atlantis. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. That's all I Just one ranked team makes it instantly better. <laughs> Any recognizable basketball program? <laughs> yeah, not not as a yeah. Any basketball program that isn't more known for their mediocre football on Wednesday nights on ESPN. But hey, if Villanova gets to play Wake Forest, at least they could say they beat a Power Five team. Yeah, I guess that's another one to chalk up. Maybe that's why they did it. They just want to bank on Wake Forest. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah, so instead of Charleston Classic, you know, just kind of put it aside and root for another team that's also going to be competing in Nationals. Now, the men's soccer team, they got their heart broken in the Big East Tournament semifinals. Yeah, they lost to Butler. You know, same score, same play, same exact result as their previous meeting on September 17 when they lost 3-2. to two. Regardless, none of that matters now. None of it matters, Chris, because they're headed to the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. I, I, I'm, I'm actually really hyped for this. I, soccer is just an underappreciated sport in this country, and the fact that we get to see our school in the national tournament is, is, is amazing. <laughs> for the first time ever. Um, and I did not think, I don't know you, but I did not think they were going to get in, especially after that loss. No, and we even had an article on our website saying how it was a long shot. You know, the, you know they're kind of they're one of those fringe teams. And when you only have 48 in your field instead of the grand open 64 where everyone everyone gets to come in, everyone and their mother can come in. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like that they weren't going to make it. They finished the regular season with 10 wins, 7 losses, 3 ties. But hey, surely enough, they're still living. They're still going. They're still vibing. Mm-hmm. And they're going to go against LeBron James's Akron Zips. Oh. Okay. Now, you know how LeBron got hyped for Ohio State? Do you think he would get hyped for Akron in the men's <laughs> soccer team? Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I doubt it. He does love soccer, though. Apparently, he's like a part owner of Liverpool or something. Yeah, he, he does like soccer a lot. It's kind of like Kobe. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, Kobe was – Born and raised in Italy for a little bit, so I guess I can understand that. I don't know what LeBron was trying to pull, but <laughs> anyway, um, I actually I actually followed the uh, Villanova game on Twitter. For uh, I, I followed their uh, soccer account, that, and you know I was actually trying to keep up with it as much as possible. And I saw it go in the double overtime, and I'm just like, oh, this this looks familiar. And then they ended up losing. But like we said, this this doesn't mean anything. Just get hyped. Go, let's go dancing. <laughs> exactly. Like, I think a national tournament appearance, especially for a team that's never been there before, anyone can get behind that. I can vibe with that. You know, last year you had volleyball, go to the big dance, and now you got men's soccer. It's just a great time. It's a great – it was a great weekend. Yeah, I agree. And field of 48, and if they win, they take on Indiana. Am I correct? 
Yes, seven seeded Indiana. Okay. And this game's at Akron. It's no neutral site. No, no neutral site for this one. It's at Akron. Okay. Akron finished twelve, five and three. Pretty, pretty decent record. I I understand why they're the home team here. Yeah, they beat Creighton last year in the Sweet Sixteen to go to the Elite Eight, I believe. But they're not as good as they were last year. Okay. All right. So they, but they have experience, though. Yeah. You're saying. Yeah. Okay. They've been they've been here before. Okay. Okay. And they're playing this Thursday. This we're Thursday. Just, we're just not sure what time. <laughs> yeah, the time is yet to be announced, but we'll, we're going to get on that. We're going to we're going to talk about that. We're definitely going to follow it. We're going to talk about it on Thursday's episode. Okay. Cool. Cool. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more men's soccer. Yeah. Now we're going to go to the other football. Definitely don't call it soccer. <laughs> hand egg. Europeans love to call it hand egg. They love making fun of it and calling it hand egg. Yeah, even though it's a much more physical sport. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I try to have these arguments with, with Europeans or fans of rugby, and they, you know, they just won't see it. They just won't see their side. They just no. can't. Take the blinders off, but it's okay. I respect both. It's okay. Let them let them think what they got to think. This is America, so we're okay. Andy Talley had his last career home game ever as Villanova's head coach mm-hmm. for the regular season. Mm-hmm. TBA playoffs. But it was a shame that he couldn't exit with a win as the Wildcats lost 20-7 to on senior day to James Madison. It's always those pesky dukes. Yeah, James Madison's really, really good. That's, I mean, that's what it boils down to. They're just good. And, and the fact that they could come in to Villanova Stadium on any given day and just – I know I know the score was only 20-7, but they, they, they controlled most of that game, if not all of it, start to finish. And they made Benartic look terrible. Only where he go? Oh my gosh! He went twelve of thirty, uh, seventy-one yards, and threw four picks. And from what I remember last year, Benarzik didn't have that great of a game against James Madison either. You know, you you just can't win with that type of performance on offense, no matter how good your defense is. Yeah, that was the thing too. Nova's defense wasn't actually that bad. Yeah, like they held James Madison to just two touchdowns, which came from Khalid Abdullah, their running back. He scored both touchdowns. The rest were field goals. He really, you know, 71 yards, four interceptions. Like, it's yeah. like in Rocky. Have you seen Rocky <laughs> when Apollo Creed's going against Ivan Drago? Like, yeah. throw in the towel. Just yeah. get someone else out. Yeah. I don't know if you wanted to give Bernardzik the hook. I don't know. Because I, I just don't know how ready uh, how ready the other quarterbacks are. But, yeah, this this that was just poor. Poor performance, and we were saying we were saying it all year. It's it's all about how far the offense. It, this team goes as far as the offense goes. The defense obviously holds up their end of the bargain. Yeah, granted, you know James Madison is one of the top teams in the league in the conference, the CAA, the SEC of the FCS. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't easy, but you know if your offense can barely move like that, your defense can only do so much. Yeah, I, I agree. Wildcats are at seven and three overall for the season. Nova's shot. At the NCAA tournament is looking looking like it's going to be a pretty long one. Uh-huh. They got a game against Delaware next Saturday. Chris, you like the Battle of the Blue? We've had some good Battle of the Blues actually over the last couple of years. Yes, we have actually. Yes, we have the Robertson game in the rain. I remember that one um, in Delaware, and I remember uh, 
last year when Bernardo came in for his debut after Robinson got hurt. That was a great game. That was a really good game last year. Yeah, that was, that was fun. It was a shame that Robinson was hurt for this year, but what a that was such a great performance. Yeah, to, to come in, lead the game-winning touchdown drive. What, what was it, Parents Weekend? Yeah, it was, yeah, parents. It was parents Weekend. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was that or Homecoming. Yeah, it was Parents Weekend. No, great atmosphere. It was a great day out. I don't remember. Yeah, it was a shame, though, because I remember the following week was when they played Penn. And oh, oh, wait, that's right. Oh, no. <laughs> that, was, that was such a le- – I, ne- I remember I was calling that game, broadcasting, and I was like, wow, like, they finally got everyone to, like, come out. Like, there's so many, like, students here. And, and then they lost to Penn. You fall flat on your face. and 104 like, years down the drain. Like yep. the Cubs, 108 years. Four yeah, years what, off. Yeah, what if they – yeah, what if they, if Penn had Penn had to win first before the Cubs had to win? I I'll be honest. I did look it up after uh, the Cubs won, and I was like, man, I wonder how long that Penn streak was. And it was one hundred four. I I wasn't sure if it was one hundred eight. Honestly, thought it was one hundred eight. Yeah, that would have been that would have been scary. But yeah, there you go. We're gonna be monitoring, just like the NCAA tournament with the men's soccer team. We're gonna monitor this very closely. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh. Another Villanova team can get a little bit of luck and sneak in, and you never know if you can get win it. If you get in, who knows? Yeah, happen. exactly. You never know what can happen when you get yeah. into these tournaments. And if the uh, FCS selection committee is anything like the FBS committee, they should be favoring the SEC of the FCS. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at this point LSU is going to make the playoffs with seven losses. So <laughs> I don't care. I really don't care. That's that's very true, very true. It's it's absolutely ludicrous what's going on. <laughs> the the favoritism towards one conference is just out of control. They're like, oh, Michigan lost. Well, it looks like we can finally put LSU back up there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, I, and you know how much I hate Michigan. <laughs> I'm I would be devastated if I saw that. <laughs> it's like not even four. It's like two. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> They would do something like that. I hope. I hope the FCS committee is just like that. Oh God! I mean, yeah, for Villanova's sake, sure. <laughs> I'm all for it. So, after football, we got another team clawing for its chance to reach a postseason tournament. The women's volleyball team—they're—they're they're in a pinch. They're caught kind of between the <laughs> a hard place and a rock. A rock and a hard place. Rock, rock and a hard place. Rock and a hard place yeah. and a bulldozer, a wrecking ball in between. Ring of fire. There's a lot of obstacles. Yeah. So right now, or based on this past weekend, they lost to Xavier 3-1, to and then they got swept by Butler this past weekend at home. They dropped to 17-12 and overall, and now they're 8-8 eight and eight in the Big East. Now with the losses... They're tied with the Bulldogs for fifth place. They were in fourth before. had a small lead, but now they've dropped. And as you know, in the biggest tournament, they're only only the top four teams get to go play. So you got Creighton, Marquette, and Xavier. They pretty much clinched bids. It's it's mathematically impossible for anything else to happen. But that that fourth slot, there's a really tight race. Real tight race. You got the Pirates. You love your Pirates. You're a Jersey guy, right? No, stop, stop. No. Oh, not, 
Even when it's not Isaiah Whitehead men's basketball? No, no. I, I went to the Prudential Center this weekend to watch the Devils play, and the Devils won, and I was very happy. And I looked up into the rafters, and I noticed one thing. There was no Big East banner there, and I was wondering why. And that changed the next day. And now whenever I go to a Devils game, I will have to see that banner and be reminded of what could have been. But it doesn't matter because we're a national championship, so I don't care. Side story. First time I ever went to Prudential Center, I was a senior in high school. And I went to go see the Red Hot Chili Peppers play. It was my first ever concert. I remember thinking, oh, this is where the Nets used to play. And <laughs> this is where the Devils play. And then I look up into the rafters and I see, what is a Seton Hall? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Seton Hall was very, very irrelevant for a very long time. Yeah, see, back then, I, I liked college basketball, but I only watched it you know, come March, or if there was, like, a big game on, mm-hmm. like, you know, usually it was, like, Duke UNC or, you know, whatever top-tier opponents. Right. Which is probably why I didn't hear of, quote-unquote, Seton Hall. Seton. Seton? Because they were not in that conversation. No, that, never. No. Even, like, their glory teams of past, like, they, they, like, I don't know, they kind of shunned from history. I don't know why. You never hear about them. Yeah. Yeah, now that I'm a more college basketball fan, you know, I know I know of more teams. I know of everybody now. Yeah, we're 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 well versed. Well versed. And I and I got a, a harsh introduction to Seton Hall. I think that first year. <laughs> we we've all been harshly introduced to Seton Hall. <laughs> back on track to volleyball though. <laughs> yeah, back to volleyball. So for Nova, you know, they're half half a game behind. Seton Hall, their road is difficult. If they want any shot at cl- taking that fourth slot away from the Pirates, they're going to need to win both their road games this weekend. And it's not going to be easy. Well, first they got Providence on Friday. Okay. Friday's at the bottom of the conference. They're 1-15 in Big East play. That's nice. Nova swept them last time. No big deal. No big deal. It's like the Charleston Classic. No big deal. I, I, I hope so. That's also true. You don't want to walk into it. We're, we're hoping. And then the Cats take on Creighton on Sunday. It'll be the season closer for both teams. Uh, and Creighton, they haven't lost. They haven't lost in conference play this year. They're 16-0. and 0. They're defending Big East champions. They would have been perfect in conference play last year, but they were upset by Nova at Jake Nevin. When they had that magic at home. Now Nova's going to need some more magic. And they're going to need to do it on the road. Chris. How do you feel about Nova's chances? Yeah. Talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, so. Let's say that you do wrap things up. Against Providence. Take care of that. White man's clean. You move on to Creighton. I, I, I just. Uh, the fact that it's on the road. Just makes it even that much more difficult. Um, Creighton's headlined by super sophomores, Jaylee Winters and Karen Cloth. And they have, they have one of the best setters around in Lydia Dimke. And the Blue Jays are just stacked. They're just the stacked team, top to bottom. Like you said, they clinched the top seed already in the Big East tournament. They were uh, Big, Big East champions last year. They're, they're a powerhouse when it comes to volleyball. And Villanova was really, really good last year. I would have on a magical run and that home stretch, 
that home streak was just just unfathomable. But this isn't this this isn't your last year's Villanova Wildcats uh, volleyball team. They're very hit or miss, and I think they're going to hit against Providence, but I just see them missing against Creighton. And as a result, I don't I don't think that puts them in the top four. It's hard because it's not like, you know, all they have to do is win. They need other teams to lose. Right. And it's when you get into that situation, it becomes so difficult. Yeah. It becomes so hard. I mean, they're going to need Seton Hall to lose, and then they're going to need Butler to lose both. Yeah. It's, you know, you could beat Creighton, and it would still be kind of hard because now you're still putting your fate in the hands of others. Right. You know, that's got to be pretty demoralizing. Like just being a coach, just being like, "Yeah, guys, we if we be we can beat Creighton. Let's go out and beat Creighton." But even if you do, it might not matter. Yeah, I, can you I imagine? Like you do all that work, like you get that great win, and it's just like all for nothing. Yeah, that's. I don't know. I kind of feel like that messes with you psychologically a little bit, and it just it kind of takes your edge off. I don't know. I, I remember I, like that when I was covering. The Wildcats volleyball extensively last year. We were we were covering it. We had we had some good coverage here at Bench Mob. Yeah, we did. And we we hopped on the bandwagon right before anyone else did. Mm-hmm. We also reported the uh, correct games and score. Yes, yes, we did. We did report the correct games and scores and recaps. Something something that you would think would be uh, a standard. Know, a standard, yeah, yeah. And I was there at the Creighton game where Nova won in five sets. And that was intense. That was really intense. And it also made me think, why don't more people watch volleyball? It's honestly a pretty good sport to watch. It's pretty fun. And I don't know. It's just exciting. Yeah. I watched it during uh, the Olympics this year. Oh, it's a lot of fun during the Olympics. It's fast-paced. It's not slow-moving at all. Like, some people think it is. I don't know why. Yeah. It's a point, like, every 20 seconds or so. Yeah, exactly. And... Each game takes about like an hour, hour and a half. And then if you mm-hmm. go all five sets, which doesn't happen all the time, then okay, maybe you take like two. Two, yeah. Yeah, but it's fun, fast-paced, entertaining. I like it. I love it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the volleyball team. Mm-hmm. I'm wishing Nova luck, but they're going to need some divine intervention. And it's hard because I would say, oh, God will help us as a Catholic school. But unfortunately, <laughs> we're, we're in a conference. Yeah, everyone else is but Butler, I believe. Yeah, but even then, I kind of think they're sort of affiliated, but who knows? I'm sure, they have one person on their team, at least one. But we're also, like everything else, we, we should just have an episode dedicated to Tournament Watch, which will probably be next episode. We're probably just going to talk about the statuses of everyone. That's actually a good idea. You know, a little bit of layover. We don't want to talk about the Charleston Classic anymore. So I guess uh, I guess next episode would be, yeah, tournament watch. Yeah, I think we're just going to protest the Charleston Classic by not talking about it. <laughs> yeah, and then and then I'm on uh, Tuesday next week. We'll just be like, yeah, all right, well, they won, and we'll move on to everything else. It'll be like Captain Underpants. You know, tell a long story short, it happened. It happened. They won. Great, great book series, by the way. Glad you referenced that. Yeah, I loved it as a kid. Yeah, so did I. I don't know if it's, they're still going on, but hey, if you're a first grader out there and you like Villanova Wildcats and you like Captain Underpants, definitely read those books. Yeah, you got you got our stamp of approval. Well, the mailbag is dry once again. 
And that's all the time we got for today. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, subscribing on iTunes to State of the Nova Nation. Please follow us on our Twitter handle, at FewBenchMob, or follow me, Eugene Repay, on my personal Twitter, at Repay 5 And you can follow me, Chris Stanziel, on Twitter, at the Stance Man. Basketball is back, Nova Nation, even though we're not going to acknowledge it for three days. <laughs> But after that, we are gonna we're gonna be back on it. We're gonna be right back at it. Enjoy your rest of your week. We'll catch you back on Thursday. Have a good Tuesday. Good night, Wichita. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.